With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Stephen Nill, CEO of CharityChannel.com. So, you want your charity to succeed. You came to the right place. Integration of online and offline techniques is the key to your successful fundraising, and practical advice on going green is what you need. With this show, The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart, you will learn from experts around the world who provide advice you can use. Our host is Ted Hart, one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. This year, he is celebrating 25 years in the nonprofit sector and the 10-year anniversary of his firm, TedHart.com. His books range from successful online fundraising to the use of social media and how to make your nonprofit green. His guests are leaders in their field who will share tips and trade secrets for nonprofit management, green strategy, and fundraising success. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. From the latest in charity news, technology, fundraising, and social networking, here's Ted. And good afternoon. Welcome here to the live nonprofit coach radio show uh, coming to you live from the nation's capital. Today is Tuesday, May 31st for those in the United States. Uh, happy one day past Memorial Day, the unofficial start of summer here in the United States. For everyone around the world, we've got a very exciting show for you today. Here on page one, you will have a From London report on the Prime Minister's uh, new white paper on philanthropy uh, and a wonderful offer that's going to come to all charities uh, in North America. As always here on The Nonprofit Coach, we start with page one news, so on to the news. Don't forget here on the Nonprofit Coach, you can call in uh, and ask a question when we get to page two. And today our page two expert uh, will be sharing with us the launch of the new third year of the Give Classy Awards. What are those? Those are the Philanthropic Oscars. How can you win? Who should win? Who's won in the past? And what are these awards all about? You're going to be able to ask questions of Scott Chisholm today when we get on to page two. As always, you can join us over in the chat room, and I do see a number of people in the chat room. You can ask questions there. Uh, you can also uh, ask questions by dialing in yourself and calling at 347 324-3080. So don't forget you have that opportunity to ask questions live of our guest today. You can also email me at tedhart at tedhart.com. First up here on page one news uh, is Google's announcement that they are revealing a mobile payment system called Google Wallet. You're certainly going to want to be aware of this. This is a competitor to some of the services that are already out there offered by PayPal and other Google is big. They intend to get it right. Uh, so learn all about it. As always, you can follow along in the radio links today at tedhart.com. Just click on radio links. And in this case, this story comes to us from one of our favorite websites, and that is mashable.com. Next up here on the Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart is a story that comes to us from the Chronicle of Philanthropy. And I'm going to file this under the no, no, don't ever do this story. This is a prospecting story that is being touted as a charity wins donors with promise never to ask for another gift. No, no, no. I don't care how much money they have raised. We are not philanthropists. We are not seeking philanthropic support simply for the dollars. We are seeking long-term support for our organizations. This is not about just 
shaking people down for whatever gift you can get. It is all about relationships. That is the essence of People to People Fundraising. Read all about it. Uh, this is a very important organization. I am not in any way suggesting that the smile train, which is the essence of this story, is not an important story, but we never, as fundraising professionals, want to be in a position of saying, send us a gift and we won't ask again. We don't just want your money as donors. We want your involvement with our charity. So read all about it and learn what not to do. I don't care how successful they have been. Up here on the Nonprofit Coach, next comes to us from the, the Shine page of Yahoo. Uh, this is always a good, good idea to know what steps can you do to free up and speed up your PC. Well, we get this question a lot uh, here on the Nonprofit Coach. People uh, write in to us asking us uh, how they can improve the services within their organization. Here are 10 free ways to speed up your PC. And, of course, we're providing this along with all of the other radio links at tedhart.com. Click on radio links. You can read all about it. Uh, next here is also another report that comes to us from Yahoo. This one coming over from Yahoo News. And this is after some delay and certainly many promises, Yahoo is now ready to deliver on the promise of upgraded Yahoo email. Now, there's an estimated 277 million users of Yahoo's free email service. Now, I will tell you, I'm a huge fan of the Yahoo suite of services, and that includes Yahoo Mail, Yahoo Calendar, Yahoo Address Book, and Yahoo Online Notepad. So check all of that out. The overhaul, which is very exciting, will enable updates to Facebook and Twitter accounts to be posted within your Yahoo email uh, box. The revamped service is supposed to be two times faster, which is not a bad thing, and capable of sending attachments. Get this, wait, watch. 100 megabytes are going to be able to be sent as attachments to your email if you are using the new, improved, upgraded Yahoo service. Read all about it at tedhart.com. Click on radio links. Next here on the Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart comes to us a story from Fundraising Success. Fundraising Success is sharing with uh, you new customer's guide, or consumer's guide, sorry, new consumer's guide to volunteer management systems. This has been released. Idealware and TechSoup has announced the release of their latest in-depth report on a consumer's guide to volunteer management systems. I, I got to tell you, the folks over at TechSoup, they really are some of my favorite people. They do a very, very good job. Uh, and you can go to this link that we have available at tedhart.com. Click on radio links. You're going to be able to download a free copy of this consumer's guide to volunteer management systems. You just have to register with their website, and you're going to get a free copy of that. Check it out. Make sure you know the latest and the reviews comparing various services available in volunteer management systems. Next up here on the Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart, back over to the Chronicle of Philanthropy, uh, a couple of videos, um, and this is apparently going to be part of a series. This was uh, so successful uh, that uh, the Chronicle of Philanthropy has interviewed a number of grant makers and consultants uh, that were attending the annual meeting of the Council on F Foundations uh, in Philadelphia, and they asked the question, what are some of the common mistakes that are made by grant applicants? And you're going to learn directly from grant makers. So bravo once again to the folks over at Chronicle Philanthropy for offering really useful services. Check that out in the radio links today at tedhart.com. Click on radio links. Now, I have uh, the pleasure of introducing a good friend of this show, a good friend of my firm, uh, and that is Tom Latchford is going to be joining us here uh, on the show. Um, where is that sound coming from? I'm not sure where. <laughs> we have uh, some background noise. I, Tom, I'm not sure if that's coming from you or not. Um, uh I hope not. There um, you go. Okay, it seems to go away. Tom Latchford, thank you so much for joining us today uh, from the uh, uh, directly from the UK. You are in London. Now, I just want to set this up a little bit because we want to, to bring you in as our resident expert in London. Now, a couple of things. We talked last week here on the Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart. Those who have been listening know that your prime minister – uh, has released the government's giving white paper. So we do want to talk to you uh, about that, what's in it, why this is uh, a, a, a shift 
uh, in focus in the UK and what you think about that. But I also want to ask you uh, to just uh, uh, reflect on uh, another story that uh, has uh, come to us uh, here from across uh, across the pond, uh, and that is that uh, the Prime Minister's big society, which is sort of the umbrella uh, for all of this, his czar uh, for the charity post in uh, his big society government, uh, has stepped down. Uh, and some, including uh, those at The Guardian and Financial Times, have signaled that uh, maybe this is sending uh, some of this uh, just-announced planning into disarray. Uh, so Tom Latchford coming to us live from uh, Raising IT uh, in London. Fill us in. What is the Giving uh, White Paper, uh, and uh, what does this uh, stepping down of NatY mean uh, to uh, your government? Brilliant. Um, well, I was lucky enough to be part of um, a small gathering when the, gov- uh, when the Prime Minister released the Giving White Paper last week. And the Giving White Paper is um, a really important paper in the UK because it's um, providing the backbone to how the big society can come out and uh, come into being. Um, and so, uh, and, and I think the whole concept of big society is built around the fact that the government can't keep on providing all the funding and all the support in order for charities to endure and provide the services that they do. And that really in the UK, the general public um, have to step up to the mark in both giving and volunteering. Um, so, so, Tom, yep. ha- have uh, have donors in the UK lagged behind uh, their European counterparts, their American counterparts in giving? Uh, is giving not taking hold without this uh, approach? Uh, or as some have suggested, uh, this is just a, a way for the, the prime minister to hide behind the fact that he intends to gut support to charitable institutions by making it look like he's promoting philanthropy? No, I, I don't think that that's the case. I think that um, we're in the UK, we're very jealous of the culture of giving that you have in the US. And um, per GDP, people in the UK um, give less than that. And I think that one of the main things about the Giving White Paper was to encourage a culture of giving in the UK um, to try and bring us up to speed with the US and to, to really instill that at a younger age as so, well. So, Tom, if that's the goal, did he hit the mark or did he miss the mark in the release of this white paper? I think the Giving White Paper had a number of really exciting areas to it, which certainly need exploring. And I think one of the premises of the Giving White Paper was this is the beginning, this is not the end. But just to talk about some of the things that it mentioned and wanted to bring into being and put plans in place to do so. Um, One thing was around incentives that we know about sites like Groupon, where people uh, um, can build up credits, um, and especially around things like volunteering, actually recognize and rewarding people that give their time as well as money is important. And so the government set up a challenge prize pot to help um, facilitate some of that in a pilot that's going to be happening in the UK. Now, uh, some uh, from uh, the opposition Labour Party in the UK uh, have suggested, as I discussed before, uh, that this is really just a a push to cover up uh, all of those public spending cuts. Uh, But they're also saying that Nat Wise stepping down uh, is going to send the uh, big society uh, into uh, descending, quote, descending into farce. Uh, What would you say about that? I think that if that happens, it's very sad. I mean, in terms of what big society stands for, in my mind, it's a very noble aim to try and get people participating and doing more for society. So that can only be a good thing. In terms of covering up um, the cuts, some charities have really suffered through the cuts, but the, the government's shown that it can't provide a sustainable future for charities through that. And actually, the more sustainable um, funding streams are going to come from individuals. And and that, that's a necessity that we need to build into the culture of giving in the UK. Um, yep. But, Tom, uh, but there's no magic wand to this. And, and while I certainly agree with you anywhere in the world that we can promote philanthropy, and uh, but not just for the sake of getting into people's pocketbooks, but to get them engaged in charity, to have, as you said, that culture of charitable involvement. Uh, how likely is it that this is going to uh, be on the same trajectory as the needs that charities have that are already established who are going to be losing funding? That's a good question. And I think that charities are 
going to be the main answer to that question, because what the government's trying to do is leverage the long tail of donations and support, um, trying to push things like micro donations. And so Raising IT is part of the Round Pound initiative, which is um, trying to find a way to take small donations on commercial transactions with shops. It's also looking at micro volunteering and how to up the bar through there. Um, it's also looking at the work that Raising IT does in the UK, which is leveraging the engagement through people that people have through social media and using those interactions to um, provide the stepping stones to more and more engagement over time. But I think that charities are going to have to really stop complaining and, and about the cuts and move to the more positive potential of this and actually make sure they have the, the systems and the strategies in place in order to make that a reality. And if they just sit back and don't leverage these interactions that people are having with them, that the support that people would be prepared to provide if they're encouraged, then they're going to miss out and they're going to suffer because of it. Well, Tom, this is a, a big initiative in the UK. It is really a culture change, as you said. I hope that uh, you will, from time to time, come back here to the Nonprofit Coach uh, and keep us posted. The Nonprofit Coach is is heard around the world uh, at uh, our website, tedhart.com. Uh, click on radio links. You can always listen to the show live and all of the podcasts. So we hope that you'll keep us posted on all of the initiatives of your current governor, government, uh, your prime minister, and the efforts to promote philanthropy. Uh, in the UK. Uh, Tom Latchford from Rising IT, please thank you for joining us here on the Nonprofit Coach today. Thank you, Ted. Next here on the Nonprofit Coach, we're uh, heading back over here uh, to uh, the Chronicle of Philanthropy. Um, actually, what I want to do is jump over here to uh, back to Mashable. Uh, and just uh, a good notation here uh, for everyone to, uh, to note uh, that Morgan Stanley Brokers, and I think this is significant in terms of how Twitter and LinkedIn uh, are continuing to grow and be integrated into business. Nonprofit organizations need to be taking heed uh, in how our for-profit brethren are using the social media sites. Uh, as we have said on this show, we rank really very highly uh, LinkedIn. Uh, and this is a report that you can find at tedhart.com. Click on radio links that Morgan Stanley brokers will be using Twitter and LinkedIn to market themselves. This is smart on their behalf and smart if you take heed. Next up here on the Nonprofit Coach, you will find, again from Mashable, uh, this is a new Gmail widget. Uh, that tells you all about the people that you are emailing. Uh, this is very, very interesting. And as you know, uh, we are huge fans here of Zobni. Uh, this looks to me like an attempt to uh, sort of compete with Zobni, uh, who is developing their own Gmail uh, widget. It's currently um, already available to you. Uh, Zobni.com. If you don't know how to spell that, that's just inbox spelled backwards. Uh, but Zobni uh, is resident within your Microsoft Outlook. So if you're a Gmail uh, fan or user, you may want to check out this new Gmail wid uh, widget that's currently available. Uh, but uh, also, uh, you may want to uh, uh, go over to Zobni because they, uh, they are looking for beta testers for their Gmail plugin. You'll find all about uh, this uh, news from Gmail uh, at tedhart.com. Click on radio links. Now, it's my pleasure now, um, as uh, we often do here on the Nonprofit Coach, uh, we do like to welcome uh, to page one to give you uh, a briefing uh, when we have a new sponsor. Later on today in the show, uh, we will uh, be sharing with you details of a new sponsorship uh, that, uh, that uh, will be revealed here on the Nonprofit Coach. But right now, what I want to do is bring in Colin Haberton. Uh, Colin is with the firm GiveAndGain.com. Uh, over at the radio links today, you'll be able to see in the highlighted uh, link today uh, a direct link to reading all about uh, the offer that Give and Gain has here today. But here over here on uh, page one news, uh, Colin, uh, we're hoping that you would just share with us what is Give and Gain. Uh, and just in about a minute's time, uh, just tell us uh, why is Give and Gain looking to now offer uh, its services in this beta test uh, free to nonprofits throughout North America. Welcome here to the nonprofit coach, Colin Haberton. Thanks a lot, Ted, and uh, it's a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you for having me. First of all, tell us, what is Give and Gain? 
Give and Gain is a, is a web-based platform offering a, a range of tools to, to nonprofit organizations to leverage and enhance their online fundraising efforts. And right now, you have a very strong uh, and many years of experience in which countries? Yeah, that's right, Ted. We have, um, we have offices in Switzerland, South Africa, and the U.K., um, but we have a global client base, so we are a platform that is able to, to process payments from anywhere and to anywhere in the world. Well, one of the things that's very impressive is that you are able to help charities uh, in whichever currency they may be working in and that you're proficient in helping generate uh, and receive and, with your database, uh, make record of donations in multiple currencies. Now, looking at the Give and Gain platform, right now Give and Gain is focused on helping charities who are in need of these services in North America. Why North America? Why now? Yeah, good question. Um, Ted, the reason why we've uh, chosen to do user trials in North America is because up until now, we focused uh, largely on European and African markets, just largely out of our, our origin and our genesis. And um, we do feel that our platform can be of use to, to North American nonprofits. Uh, we do feel that our platform is, um, has the, the, the type of functionality which we feel might be of use uh, to, to the North American market. And uh, we're, we're looking forward to, to taking a step into that. Well, it's great to have you uh, here in uh, North America. We're going to hear more about it in the promotional message later here in the show. But I did want to uh, give my listeners here today an opportunity to uh, get to know you folks. Now, we have provided for everybody over in the radio links today at tedhart.com. Click on radio links. You will see the yellow highlighted link today is directly to uh, this wonderful beta test uh, uh, trials that are now being offered where charities can now uh, sign up and apply to receive all of the services of giving gain uh, free of services, uh, free of uh, charges. Uh, and I just think that's very generous of you, particularly uh, for charities that need the power of a service like giving gain, uh, but do not, uh, maybe due to the economic downturn or just have never budgeted for that kind of cost. Now they don't have to worry about that. They can turn to give and gain and receive those services for free. Yeah. Well, thank you, Colin, very much. Colin Haberton with GiveAndGain.com. Thank you for joining us here on The Nonprofit Coach today. Next up here, as we wrap up uh, the uh, time here on page one, I want to draw attention uh, to an important study that uh, is posted over at the Association of Fundraising Professionals website, uh, and that is new research reveals that Canadian philanthropy uh, has, giving, has greater depth than previously understood. Uh, for charitable organizations, this knowledge represents an opportunity to connect with both donors and volunteers in a new personal way. Uh, this study is called A Canadian Way of Giving. Uh, we've provided you a link directly to that, and we encourage you uh, to be able to read this. And this was uh, a special information feature uh, in the Canadian Globe and Mail. So uh, we want to, um, again, continue to share information from around the globe, wherever that may be important, uh, so you can read all about that over in the radio links. Hey, over in the radio links today, you're also going to um, have a direct link, and we always carry this in our newsletter. Of course, you can sign up for the newsletter if you haven't already done so uh, at tedhart.com. Just click on newsletter, and you'll be able to sign up right there. But uh, those of you who have been listeners for a while know that we host the LinkedIn People-to-People -people Fundraising uh, Group. Well, over on the uh, uh, the radio links today, you're going to be able to join now 1,162 of your colleagues who have already signed up to be part of the People to People fundraising group. And that's astounding. That growth continues uh, to uh, to really be astounding at 2 to 3 to 5% every single week. Uh, so if you haven't already signed up, join over 1,160 of your colleagues over on LinkedIn. You can find that link in today's radio links at TedHeart at TedHeart.com. Now, we're fast approaching page two expert today. It's a very exciting show that we have, so I'm just going to remind everybody that you can call in and ask a question uh, of our page two expert at 347-324-3080. I see a lot of people over in the chat room. Remember, you can type out your questions there, uh, or you can email me at TedHeart at TedHeart.com. With that, we're going to wrap up page one news and move fast on to page two.
So last year they received $10,000 in cash plus a partnership with a major PR company, um, all pro bono, to help them get their word out and to um, help them you know, solicit donations and, and, and garner more support from the community and elsewhere. Um, this year we're actually giving a total of $150,000 worth of prizes, um, and that's coming from contributors um, like some of the, the partners that I mentioned earlier. So it's a fantastic, it's a fantastic collaboration. Um, when you're sponsoring the event or you're getting behind it, you're actually able to contribute to the prize money that goes to the winners. It isn't like a typical sponsorship where it's all about your branding. It's you're actually giving back to the people who win the awards. Well, that's that's great, and and I'm just going to ask you to reflect on um, because it is part of why we're particularly interested uh, in partnering with you and and promoting within the nonprofit sector the state classy awards. Uh, is this aspect of social media that really determines who the winner is, and and isn't that really what contributes to sort of a broader um, number of charities that are both nominated and voted on, and how a relatively small organization uh, could be found and identified as charity of the year? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and and the yeah the the power of social media is still just as amazing to me as it was two years ago when it was kind of the the buzz term around around town um absolutely there's so there's a there's a voting component here where you know the nonprofits are doing everything they can to get people to vote for their organization and this year we actually added a little bit more of a democratic process so the the popular vote has the majority of influence, but there's actually a uh, piece of the voting process that's um, up to the committee. And the committee is um, comprised of different um, reputable uh, representatives in different organizations like GuideStar and, and elsewhere. Um, so it is a little bit more balanced this year, so it isn't just a popularity contest. But that being said, you know, you have you have an organization like uh, Nourishing New York, who's who's really tiny. And they were competing against much larger organizations, and just because they were able to tap into the the power of their networks that they had grown through Facebook and Twitter and elsewhere, they were able to actually compete, and they were able able to win. Um, So some really compelling and, and, and awesome stories about how they received the votes and some of the things they did. Now, just for our listeners uh, today, Scott, is uh, there is a, a link uh, that's available at tedhart.com. Click on Radio Links, and they will find a direct link to the State Classy Awards. Uh, so when they go there, what, what's a, one of the first things that they're going to see uh, is when nominations are due. So when is, when is uh, nominations due in each of the categories? So nominations are due June 19th, so that's the closing of the nominations, and then the judging starts on June 29th. And then okay. after that will be the public voting period. Okay. Uh, and so when you say – so is, is, there's a public voting period, which is all through social networking, right? That That's what you're Correct. what you're referring Correct. to? Um, and Correct. so you encourage in, – in this process, you encourage uh, all of the those that are nominated to then get out there and to promote voting for them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So what's cool, one of the things that I didn't mention that we added this year was before people would not make nominations and then um, everyone at State Classy would review the nominations and, and, and make sure that you know they were quality and then we would basically put them into the pool for the voting. This year what we did was actually built, we built almost like a, you mentioned Mashable earlier, it looks like a Mashable site, but it's basically a media site to post the nominations to the public. So people can read all nominations regardless of if they end up being one of the finalists. So okay. you can go on to stayclassy.org slash stories, and you can read all of the nominations that have been submitted thus far, and they're amazing stories. That's great. That's great. And, of course, that, that really does uh, draw attention for uh, for each of the, the nominees uh, to the kind of competition that there is out there. Now, how would you say that the, the competition has changed over time? Uh, this is the this is the third year. Um, many many more nominations, higher quality nominations, more diverse. Right. What, what what are you seeing? A lot more quality nominations. Um, last year we had about three thousand. This year we're already at a thousand. Um, we're expecting to be around that same number. But the quality of nominations, like you you just suggested, are, are so much higher. We've actually put we've made the application process a little bit more stringent so that we can um, we require videos and and photos and and kind of some um, you know basic I guess evidence of some of the stories. Uh, some reference material. So there's a lot of a little bit more work on the nomination nominee, but and there's a little bit more work on us. But ultimately, at the end of the day, the stories are more compelling, they're more interesting, and you know we're just we're putting out a better product um, in terms of the award show. Well, you've got some very impressive partnerships 
uh, in uh, in this process. So for all of our listeners today, uh, in terms of their interest in possibly winning a philanthropic Oscar known as the State Classy uh, Awards, um, they need to know that uh, nominations are now open, right? Uh, that Correct. they can submit uh, up until June 19th. Uh, they can follow the link at tedhart.com, click on radio links, and go directly to the page that they need. When we come back, we're going to take a, a, a quick break here, uh, uh, Scott. And when we come back from uh, from the break, what I wanted to ask you to reflect on uh, is the, uh, uh, the aspect of the various cities. How does this break down uh, for city nominations? And let's run through the entire schedule uh, for the show. So we're just going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Scott Chisholm, uh, who is our page two expert today. As we said uh, here in uh, the page uh, one news today, it really is my pleasure uh, to welcome today Give and Gain as a sponsor of the nonprofit coach. Uh, Give and Gain has already pre- processed $45 million in donations to nonprofit organizations around the world. They now want to bring their solid platform to North America for Canadian and U.S. based charities. They're seeking charities right now to participate in free trials. These are services donated to your organization. Now, the Give and Gain platform enables nonprofit professionals to build powerful online fundraising communities at a fraction of the total time and cost by combining online donations, content management, email, mobile communications. We've talked a lot about that, so now this is built into Give and Gain, and donor uh, constituent relationship management all in one integrated package. They're replacing five-plus tools that you may be using across your office with one easy-to-use system to enable your organization's online fundraising campaigns integrated into the largest social networks and tools. Now, keep in mind that the Give and Gain features are going to include social online or secure online donations, inspired fundraising, online publishing, donor management for both online and offline gifts, communication tools, including mobile. So all you need to do, and this is really wonderful for them to offer to the listeners of The Nonprofit Coach, is you can go directly to the radio links today at tedhart.com, click on radio links. You're going to find a highlighted link there that's going to allow you to sign up for the free user trials for this program. Well, what does that mean? This is a global community with causes and donors from all over the world. If you would like to join the free user trials, which means you receive all of these services for free, which is really incredible. All you have to do is click there. Everything's explained online. All the questions that you may have uh, are there. A couple of pages that that, uh, that you read through. Sign up. Go to Give and Gain. I really think it's an incredible, and it's my pleasure to endorse nonprofit organizations giving a look at Give and Gain. And thank you so much for Giving Gain's sponsorship of the nonprofit coach. We're going to head right back to the show. Back here with uh, Scott Chisholm, who is our page two expert here on the nonprofit coach today. And Scott, I just wanted to uh, ask you in terms of the makeup. We know when nominations are due. Now, last year, uh, Heart Philanthropic Services, which is my consulting firm, uh, won the 2010 Philanthropic Business of the Year Award for Washington, D.C. So there's a city aspect to these national philanthropic Oscar awards. Help us understand how that all works. Well, this year it's actually a lot more straightforward. We actually um, eliminated the city level, so that okay. was one just one award show for everyone, um, okay. and that it was it was a little it's a little less confusing for the nomination process. Okay, so we were the last winners in D.C. There's you were. Be you were. They're only going to be national now. Well, that that certainly makes it much more straightforward. This is the third annual Classy Awards. Now, Huffington Post and AOL have now uh, merged together, um, but mm-hmm. you had support from AOL and Huffington Post before that merger, didn't you? Um, absolutely. Last year, Huffington Post supported the awards. Um, their impact section is 
uh, collaborated with CauseCast, a great organization out of Santa Monica, and Brian Sergitz, the uh, CEO of CauseCast, actually spoke at the award ceremony as well. Now, are all the categories from last year the same categories this year? In other words, when when you go to the link at tedhart.com, click on radio links, uh, the categories uh, are, correct me if I'm wrong, charity of the year, small charity of the year, best new charity. And I want to come back and talk to you about what it means to be a new charity. Most creative fundraiser by a charity. So again, that's focused on a charity. So you may not win the charity of the year award, but these are actual fundraisers. Most effective awareness campaign by a charity. Uh, Most innovative use of social media uh, by a charity, and I want to understand the difference between those. But then we get into a whole host of individual and group awards, which includes that philanthropic small business of the the, the year award, which uh, uh, which we won uh, last year for Washington D.C. So let's talk about what would be different in each of these categories. You spoke earlier of charity of the year and small charity of the year, but what does it mean to be a new charity of the year? Is that you, you uh, mm-hmm. literally just came into existence uh, in what time period? Right. So th- that's actually one of the two new awards, um, young nonprofit leader of the year, which was um, presented by YNPN last year as kind of a uh, side award. That's now an official award with a prize. And then, like you mentioned, best new 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 nonprofit is the 12th award um, that we'll be giving out. And that's basically the time period is, is um, the organization has to have formed um, after June 1st, 2009. So basically um, the last two years. Now, when you when you say on your site the charity has filed their paperwork, now when you say paperwork, does that mean IRS tax sta- status in the United States, or uh, would other filing of paperwork qualify for that? Um, that I believe that references the 501c3 fire, uh, paperwork, tax okay, tr- paperwork with the IRS. Mm-hmm. Okay, terrific. Now, uh, in in a lot of people's minds, uh, awareness campaigns and social media campaigns could be very similar. Uh, what are you looking for, and, and, and where's that line between those two that would help a charity determine, am I looking for a nomination in this category, or am I looking for one in this category? Mm-hmm. So that's definitely a great point. Those two definitely overlap, um, and we've had people submit for both. Um, but awareness campaign is outside of social media, and certainly most awareness campaigns have an element of social media. But um, what we've seen in that category um, we saw a great one by Invisible Children where um, they're a fantastic organization out of San Diego uh, helping to end the war in Uganda. And they actually rallied over 50,000 people into the square in Washington, D.C. Um, to lobby for their cause. So that, that particular um, event you know, uh, got huge media exposure across the nation and the world, really. Um, and they were, they were up for that last year. I believe they won. Um, so How that was an example that- of Scott, how big is that in the criteria for who will ultimately win uh, is sort of garnering media attention? In, in other words, is that sort of the measure or are you looking for you know, a certain number of people who have clicked the like button on Facebook? or what, How would that be measured in terms of success? Mm-hmm. Awareness is, is exactly what you said. It's, it's getting people's attention to the cause. So whether that's through TV, radio, it could be through media. Media is obviously a, you know, a great representation of that. Um, but, you know, as far as, um, you know, just clicking like on the Facebook, it's, it's beyond that. I mean, it's, the scope is broader. We look at each campaign and we say, how many people did this touch? How many new people now know about this cause because of what this organization did? Obviously, here on The Nonprofit Coach, we take uh, volunteerism very seriously. We talk about it on a regular basis. I, I know, Scott, you were listening to the Page One News today, uh, and, and volunteerism came up again. Uh, how important is volunteerism to the State Classy Awards? Uh, it's, hugely, it's hugely important, and I think you'll, you'll find elements of volunteerism throughout many of the categories. Um, and it's becoming a, a really important element uh, for organizations who are nominated and, and are doing work, especially, um, you know, in Africa and other you know, continents. They're relying on um, volunteers to help them achieve their missions where, you know, they don't have the, the resources, especially initially, to, um, you know, operate in those areas. 
Scott, why why you? Why you establishing these uh, state classy awards? There's lots of national charitable umbrella associations and organizations. Uh, why is it you that that uh, has has made a success of this? Because you certainly have gotten attention uh, from some big media outlets. You've got a lot of folks that are backing this uh, and sort of positioning this as the Oscars of the philanthropic world. I, I think is is very unique and different. Why you? Great question, and I ask myself that often as well. Um, no, I think uh, I think in general, you know, uh, uh, during our day job, we we also build online fundraising software for nonprofits, and um, we've been doing we've been doing that for several years now, and, and we work with thousands of organizations across the world. And something that kept coming up was, you know, it's awesome to help these folks raise money for these amazing causes, but other people should know what they're doing. Why yeah. why isn't there an outlet to help these people raise awareness? And just get some recognition for the awesome stuff they're doing, the selfless that selfless selfless acts um, that they're doing on a daily basis um, that pretty much go go unknown. Um, things like Oscast Impact Section and others are, are we're starting to um, push this into the public um, a lot more than previously. But there was just no forum for recognition of some of these unbelievable stories. So literally, we we took it upon ourselves to build it. Um, we, we, we started really small in just San Diego three years ago, and we were kind of testing it out, seeing if it would get some traction. And, and by last one year later, I mean, you were there last year. It, just, it, it was an amazing, just an amazing success and, and, and very inspirational for a lot of people who were in the room. Well, and it certainly draws attention to uh, to the the, uh, uh, the the right things that uh, that that we really uh, uh, do need to uh, to draw attention to volunteerism and giving, and of course that's a a big topic. Scott, when we uh, when we come back, I'm going to take just a, another quick little break just to uh, uh, share uh, a uh, n- another um, uh, opportunity, and that is that voting is ending soon on the Pepsi Refresh Project, and we just want to draw uh, attention to uh, to that effort. Uh, when when we come back, I'm going to ask you a very very difficult question, so I want to give you an opportunity to uh, uh, to reflect on that because it's going to sound like I'm asking you to choose your favorite child. Uh, but of all of the winners <laughs> of all the winners last year, uh, who still sticks in your mind? Who really still uh, inspires you to move forward in launching the third year of the State Classy Awards? We'll be right back from the break. <laughs> Listeners know that we are big supporters of the Pepsi Refresh Project. Uh, voting uh, is ending soon, so I just want to remind all of our listeners about the details of this particular project this year. It's 2011, and the Pepsi Refresh Project is back. Want to put on a music festival? Throw a block party potluck? Want to join a movement to refresh the world? Then do it with us. Last year, we put over 1,000 ideas into action. And this year, we're going to do even more. We've kept the three categories you care about most. Arts and music, community, and education. And we've got something new. The Pepsi Challenge. We pose a question, and you submit solutions. It changes each month. In 2011, you have more time to submit ideas. More ideas to vote for, and more ways than ever to get involved. New groups make it easy to connect with like-minded people and find projects you love. You can share them with friends on Facebook and Twitter and support ideas by getting everyone to vote. And when you drink Pepsi, you get more voting power. Now Pepsi products have power votes inside. In 2011, up to 60 ideas will receive over $1.3 million in grants each month. That's more grants to more people than ever before. So don't just stand there. Get creative. Start doing It's time to share, support. It's time to start now. Pepsi Refresh Project each month, as you heard, gives away $1.3 million to charities. There are lots of very worthy causes that are available. Uh, Go to RefreshEverything.com. Voting will close uh, this evening at 11.59 p.m. Eastern. Don't miss the opportunity to vote uh, for this month's Pepsi Refresh Projects. We're going to head right back to the show. (laughs) 
uh, I wanted to uh, give you a little bit of time during the break to think about. Uh, so, uh, so who is your favorite child? <laughs> well, I have two, but I'm going to have to go back to Invisible Children simply because I've been intimately involved in their operations, and I, I just love the impact that they're making um, in Uganda. Um, and recently, for example, they they took some of the prize money and some of their their own fundraising, obviously, and they built a series of radio towers in Uganda to let the people of the villages tell the rest of the world about the atrocities that are going on there. It's the, one of the largest genocides in the world. I just think that they're so efficient with the funds that they raise, and they're able to have a huge impact in, with really um, limited amount of funding. It seems this has come up a couple of times in the way that you've described what it really inspires you to, uh, looking forward to this third year, uh, and that is how they're using the prize money uh, that they win as, as part of uh, the State Classy Awards. Um, how important is that to this new process of sort of online judging plus uh, this panel, uh, this sort of filter panel uh, that uh, that you're putting together for, for this year. Is there an element of that, or is it just on what have they done? Um, well, I think it goes hand in hand. I, I think for me, the lines are a little bit blurred um, versus some of maybe the traditional nonprofit thinking. I mean, I, what I look at is, is impact um, based on the amount of funds that they've been able to raise, not necessarily the overhead percentage or any of those other metrics that you see online all over the place. Um, and that's why I like Invisible Children. I think that they, they raise a decent amount of funds, but it's not a huge amount. And what they're able to do with it um, in the terms of it, it, in the actual war zone is amazing. And there's a lot of other organizations that we support and that are part of the Classy Awards that do have a similar structure. So I think you know, to answer your question succinctly, I think it comes down to the impact and the actual, you know, ROI for the public versus kind of analyzing their their internal operations. So if you're uh, one of our listeners today, you're you're a charity who understands the importance of drawing attention to your work to generate additional funds uh, to support that that work. State Classy Awards certainly uh, falls right into the category of drawing attention to having sort of independent evaluation of the kinds of work that, that you do. When you think about about the awards and you're you're there in San Diego on on awards night, which uh, literally is a red carpet uh, event, uh, sort of a star-studded uh, event. I, I know with the the, the traditional Oscars, uh, the whole evening is geared towards a picture of the year. Um, so that that's sort of the, the last award and sort of the the big granddaddy of the Oscars. Um, what's the big granddaddy of the uh, of the, the state classes? Well, I think uh, you'd have to say charity of the year, but we've actually made a point to um, not organize the actual event like the Oscars so that we can give um, somewhat equal recognition to all the different awards. Um, since we only have 12 and the Oscars, I think, has, you know, dozens, some of them they don't even show on TV. Um, but right. we get, we try to recognize, I mean, the, the whole point is to really recognize each of these different award categories equally. Um, and, you know, I guess the charity of the year is the big one. Uh, but in general, you know, it kind of goes against the, the point of the awards to to bias one versus versus another. We do have a, an email question that uh, that just came in, Scott, and I guess it's a, a good mm -hmm. question that we didn't uh, we didn't really talk about uh, before. Uh, and that's uh, Donna from New York is asking: uh, Is there an application fee? No, no fee. It's free. Okay. So walk us walk us through the process for our listeners today. What should they be doing? What needs to be on their categories and what happens or on their calendars rather? And what happens next? So what they can do is, um, if if they would like, they can visit the site and they can make a nomination, um, and that is closing June nineteenth. Uh, My computer okay. just froze. I mean, I had to schedule up. Um, and from there, uh, what you what you do next is you go out and you solicit a hundred Facebook likes, and what that does is it, it allows you to move on to the judge the uh, voting round. And essentially, what what for us that just tells us that they're serious about moving on to the next round and they, and they have public support for what they're doing. Okay. Let's slow it down, though, because that, that's significant. So the first step is nominations, which can be nominations from a third party or even self-nominations. But then it gets posted through Facebook, and you need to get 100 likes, which shows that you have some sort of network to be able to generate that. And that's how you move on to the next round. And without 100 likes, it's just a nomination. Correct. It's a public. It's a nomination that we post on the stories page, so people can still see it. 
Um, but the, the likes there is for, for instance, say I nominate a nonprofit organization, they would accept their nomination online, they would post their story, and then they would get the 100 likes, and they would move on. Okay, terrific. Good question, Donna. Thank you very much. Scott, I just want to share as we're uh, looking to the last few moments of uh, of the show. The time always goes by so fast. I just want to share um, some very good news for our listeners, uh, and that is next week's show, The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart. Uh, our page two expert will be Andrew Watt, uh, who's the brand spanking new president and CEO of the Association of Fundraising uh, Professionals, a global organization with over 30,000 philanthropic uh, officers around the world. Uh, very eager to chat with Andrew about what comes next uh, and uh, what his tenure will stand for. I uh, also want to draw attention to our very special once-a-month magazine of the Nonprofit Coach. Uh, that's going to take place on June 17th, and that is The Green Show. So on June 17th, as you know, the Nonprofit Coach is every Tuesday uh, and uh, at 12 noon Eastern, but once a month, we do The Green Show. Uh, and our, our guest this, uh, this month will be Robin Hessinger, uh, who is with Care2, and she's going to be sharing with us specific concrete steps that you can do to green your office. That'll be at 1 p.m. on that day. Uh, my next uh, lecture opportunities for people to see me live uh, will be June 22nd at the Association of Fundraising Professionals Central New York uh, chapter in Syracuse, and I will be speaking on June 23rd at the Neighborhood Center in Utica, New York. Uh, so back to you, Scott. So there's no fee, uh, but there but but there is work that has to be done. It's not just a matter of of a nomination. You have to sort of prove that you have a network uh, by getting the 100 likes on Facebook. What comes next? Mm-hmm. Um, after that, it goes to the the voting round. So at that point, it, it'll be open to the public. We'll announce the um, we'll announce what uh, nominees move, have moved on to the voting period. And then from there, it's uh, get as many votes as possible in the time frame. And as we were kind of talking about earlier, um, the popular vote accounts for the majority of the overall decision um, on who wins the awards. But there are there is a um, a committee that's involved this year as well. So it's not completely a popularity contest. So there no, there is a go ahead. Yeah, go, no, go ahead. I was just going to say. So it's not you know it, last year one of the things was. Um, although, ironically enough, a small charity did win Charity of the Year, people were concerned that if, if if an organization has a larger reach, they're at a significant advantage, and that's certainly something to take into uh, consideration. So we added this kind of more demo, uh, democratic element to the award show to make it a little bit more fair. Yeah. Well, and, and, and Scott, just looking at the last uh, few minutes of, of the show today, um, what I, I did want to uh, uh, to recognize is, is certainly we're a very strong supporter of the Classy Awards. Uh, we think it is important to draw attention to these achievements to inspire uh, others. So we do want to encourage uh, all of our listeners today. Now, looking at your categories, which are the most competitive? Obviously, you don't have all the nominations, but based on last year, which are some of the more competitive? And of course, you've got some new categories this year that would be hard for you to uh, judge how many nominations, but which of the categories are the most competitive, most nominations? Um, charity beer and small charity are the most competitive by far. Okay. <clears throat> by, so those by are the, many, 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 many more. Is, yeah. Is, and then, is and there, then I say the business one, the business one's not as competitive. Um, this year we're really promoting to different businesses um, to get more involved, but naturally, obviously with the philanthropic award show, um, first comes the nonprofit organization, so it comes to mind first for a lot of people. And then individuals and volunteers is a huge category as well. Yeah, so lots of networking for you to get the right nominations. We encourage all of our listeners today uh, to go to the link at tedhart.com, click on radio links, uh, and learn how you can uh, add your nominations, not only for your organization, but your favorite volunteers as well. Uh, one minute left here, uh, Scott. Just uh, send us off with uh, your own inspirational message on why the Classy Awards are so important. I think if you if you know someone or a business or a charity that is doing amazing things, why not nominate them? It's it's a great forum. You have nothing to lose. Even if they don't move on to the voting period, we're publishing all the nominations to the public that are getting picked up by the mainstream media. Super important for the nonprofit uh, industry as a whole. Yeah, and I do think that's a very important aspect is even if you don't necessarily think that that person will win, what a great way to recognize them by just getting a nomination uh, in for them. So take some time, nominate your favorite folks. Scott Chisholm uh, from the State Classy Awards, thank you so much for being our guest here on The Nonprofit Coach today. Thank you, Ted. I love it.
Yeah, don't forget to uh, join us uh, right back here Tuesday of next week, uh, where our page two expert will be the wonderful Andrew Watt, the new president and CEO of the Association of Fundraising Professionals. Have a great week, everybody. We'll be right back here next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.